Hello, you're listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm, and I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a physician and a life coach for physicians and other professionals. In this podcast, we look at why, as physicians, we often get stuck in feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, and burnout, and how we can break out of toxic thought patterns. My hope is that each episode gives you an opportunity to heal and get more clear on how you want to show up in your life and your work. And now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about acceptance and what it is and what it is not. And I've been thinking a lot about this topic um, in part because of the news. As I'm recording this, we are experiencing in the United States just an incredible surge, it seems, of a lack of acceptance of events. So for example, the House Committee on the Special Investigations for the January 6th insurrection, we are seeing the degree to which former President Trump decided not to accept the results of the 2020 election. And I I don't mean to delve into the politics, but the degree to which he fails to accept the results just continues to be somewhat stunning to me. And now we are in a time where other politicians are also starting to express uh, a lack of acceptance of results of elections, including believing that you know, election uh, machinery was tampered with, or there are fraudulent votes, or any number of other uh, circumstances. We've seen this with the COVID-19 pandemic as well, with large numbers of people failing to accept the severity of the pandemic, the degree to which, um, you know, people have uh, been infected and died and you know, considering it to be a hoax, uh, considering, um, you know, the vaccinations to uh, be some sort of government conspiracy. There has been a lot of episodes of a lack of acceptance, and it's really just been swirling in my mind as a subject to bring up. And certainly, I think for many of us, this issue of acceptance plays out very differently and um, if not less dramatically in our lives than at least with less uh, widespread impact than not accepting the results of federal elections, for example. Um, but you know, when we really drill down into acceptance, what I am asking you to consider is when something has happened, And we could all agree that that thing has happened. So it may have been that words have been spoken, that a rule has been written or stated, a policy change has been made, um, a tree has fallen down, some kind of observable 
witnessable event that we can you know sort of universally agree is a fact that has occurred and in my coaching training we call that a circumstance right it's it's something that reasonable adults would agree happened i heard so and so say the following words it you know would be an example of that it's not so much about our thoughts about the words that were said or the rules that were created it's not about our feelings it's just about you know the objective thing and what happens often is we may be sitting in a place where we are not accepting that that thing happened where we're living in this kind of state of disbelief and this often uh, comes out as a lot of should or should not and imagine you know sort of examples of this in your life uh i can't believe this happened oh what now um it might be that your clinic has changed from 20 minute appointments to 15 minute appointments and you are continuing to uh to conduct the visits in the same old way right you are you are not accepting that there is a change in the amount of time that you have for the visit, you are resisting that fact. Um, it may be that there's been some kind of a practice guideline change and you or your organization are not making a change. And it's not always about right or wrong but simply acknowledging that there has been a change of information. There has been something new that has happened. And often we are not accepting that. And the reason why this matters is that when we do not accept things that have happened, we are often spending a lot of mental and emotional energy in resistance, often without being really very aware of it. And you might notice that you are constantly feeling irritable, frustrated, angry, but not really understanding why. And in the meantime, you've got thoughts swirling around, you know, again, about should or shouldn't this should be happening, this other thing should be happening, this shouldn't be happening. Um, you know, they shouldn't do that. I should do this. A lot of should and, and should is a good sign for you to be aware of, of where you may be in resistance about a situation. So think about where this comes up in your life. And, you know, the thing about there are three sort of major things about acceptance that I want to lay out for you. One is that accepting that something has happened or something has changed doesn't have to mean that you agree with it. And so say, for example, your clinic has decided that each provider does not need their own medical assistant, that two medical assistants will room patients for five providers. You could go on a rant about, you know, what should and shouldn't be happening with that. But 
if you resist that it actually happens, that it is an actual decision that has been made, then you're going to, again, be spending a lot of emotional energy being upset. Accepting that that is the policy change, though, again, doesn't mean that you agree. It doesn't mean that you think it's right. There's an opportunity there to discuss. There's an opportunity to seek to understand why was this decision made? How is it going to be helpful? How can I expect things to change? Um, you know, what do I need to be doing differently, right? There's, there's information gathering that can occur. It may be an opportunity for compromise, being willing to negotiate, uh, you know, within your own boundaries, what are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? And what, what is the other party, you know, willing and not willing to do? It can be an opportunity as well to refuse. So you can accept, for example, that a change has happened again, you know, in the clinic setting, you can accept that that's happened. You can accept that management has decided on it or your boss or, you know, whatever, whatever the particular players are, you could refuse to go along with that change and yet still accept that it has happened. So, you know, what could this look like? Certainly it can look like leaving a position or moving to a different department. It can look like, you know, understanding that the policy has changed and choosing not to follow it and, you know, accepting that there may be consequences of that. And that might sound as though it's the same thing as being in resistance about it, but it's really not. It's kind of an eyes wide open approach. It's, you know, it's again, understanding that there may be consequences for you refusing. Sometimes yes, and sometimes no, right? I think we've all had that experience where some policy has changed and no one really seems to be following the new policy and nothing happens, right? And that's, that's kind of its own beast, but just to acknowledge that sometimes that, that is possible. Um, but the, the mental energy of being upset about the change and resisting that it happened is different than understanding and accepting that it has happened, that the policy has changed, refusing to go along with it and you know, being, being open to potential consequences. Another really important tenet here is that acceptance doesn't mean defeat. So, you know, it's important that we, you know, when we're in acceptance, we need to allow feelings. So again, you know, imagine that a policy change has occurred and maybe you have less time with patients, maybe you have more patients to see, um, you know, maybe, maybe some useful services going away, you can have feelings about that, right? You can accept that that change has happened, whether you like it or not, and allow the feeling. So you might feel mad that that decision was made. You might feel sad or you might feel some grief, right? If someone that you enjoyed working with, their position has been eliminated and they are leaving, you can grieve that they are going and yet still accept that it has happened, right? So really allowing our feelings. And I speak a lot about this 
on this podcast. I talk a lot about it on my blog as well as one-on-one and in my group because we have been so used to in medicine, shoving down our feelings and hiding from them that we often don't really know what it's like to allow them, right? What does it feel like to allow yourself to feel sad, to notice the sadness, to acknowledge it, to name it, and to care for yourself with compassion when you're in that feeling. That's very different from telling yourself that you shouldn't feel sad because you're a professional, God damn it. And you've got to keep moving and you've got this and this and this and this to do. And you don't have time for sadness. You are not going to stop and feel sad. You can see that there's a very big difference there in how that feels internally with us. Now, again, it doesn't have to mean defeat. So after you allow the feelings and you know, let some time, you know, sort of ease the feelings or at least understand them better, then you can consider your options. Do you need to create some boundaries in order to accept this change has happened, but still be taking care of yourself? Do you need to change a habit? If you are in a situation where you're going to be asked to see more patients and you are already someone who runs 30 to 60 minutes behind because you you accept all of the things that the patient wants to say and and you don't stop them from talking because that's the way that you enjoy practicing medicine, you know, eventually you are going to either be donating lots of time to your organization and your patients or you're going to need to make a change to the habit. You are going to need to, you know, be able to say, we have time to discuss this and this today. I wish that we could handle more, but we're going to have to set up another time to talk, right? That is a change of habit. Um, You know, another change of habit may be um, doing your work in a different way, endeavoring to get your charting completed, you know, while the patient is still there. Um, you know, any number of things that comes up in our clinical work. Another option, of course, similar to the refusing to go along with things is rebelling. Um, And I don't necessarily suggest this as a good way to go, but, you know, of course it is an option. And when we're really thinking about how to take care of ourselves and stay in acceptance, We may have to consider options that aren't really acceptable to us, that aren't going to really have good consequences, but in order to not limit ourselves and constrain ourselves, we might have to, you know, mentally travel at least to the place of rebelling. What does it, what does it feel like to, uh, to actually say, well, hell no, I'm not doing that thing. A third thing to consider when we are thinking about, um, you know, acceptance of something is that acceptance does not mean that you condone, right? So you may accept that your child has broken a rule, broken a curfew, um, you know, or um, a friend has cheated on their spouse or, you know, some other event that has occurred, you may accept that that happened, right? You're not disbelieving 
that it occurred. But that doesn't mean that you condone it. That doesn't mean that you think it was the right thing. It doesn't mean that you, um, you know, that there aren't consequences for your relationship with your child or, you know, for the child themselves or your relationship with your friend or, or anything of that nature. So acceptance does not mean condoning. Um, you know, what we, what we don't want to do in acceptance, of course, what is not acceptance is sticking our head in the sand and pretending it didn't happen. Right. And it may feel like, well, if we just, if we accept that this horrible thing occurred, then we just have to ignore it in order to move on. No, I mean, you know, we, we all have the experience that things happen and things change as a result of it, right? There are natural consequences. If, you know, again, going back to the weird example, if your friend cheated on their spouse, right, that is going to cause some kind of disruption, you would presume, in, in, your, sp- in your friend's relationship to their spouse. And that may have ripple effects on both of their relationships with other people, including with you. So for example, maybe they reconcile and there is a period of time where other couples are not sure how to react to them, right? That is a ripple effect of the infidelity. Another outcome could be that, you know, the couple breaks up and some friends go with one member of the couple and some friends go the other way. And there is a change. We're not sticking our head in the sand and ignoring the fact that you know these things occurred, but that doesn't mean that we just blithely, you know, go along with what happened and pretend that we're totally fine with it, right? We don't have to condone the actions or the words or you know whatever whatever occurred in order to be accepting of the situation. So I hope that this helps. I find that. You know, certainly in in my experience, I've spent a lot of time in resistance of things that were occurring, resisting that things had changed in my clinic, resisting that people that I cared about and admired had, uh, you know, left the practice, for example, resisting that parenting was as challenging as I found it to be, and not just this magical, lovely experience. And, you know, where are my parents of young children who's with me that it can be very challenging. And that doesn't mean that we don't love our children, but, you know, let's not resist the feelings of sometimes feeling like you want to run away, right? (laughs) We don't have to judge ourselves for, uh, you know, for those feelings. We can accept that they are, you know, what we experience. So where does this come up for you in your life? What have you been in resisting, sorry, in resistance about that is taking up a lot of mental energy for you? How could you get to a place of acceptance, even if you don't agree, even if, um, you know, you don't condone and even if you don't give up, right, we don't have to, um, to be defeated in order to accept that something has happened. 
If this resonates with you, one powerful activity to get started with is to start doing what's called often a brain dump or a thought download, where especially at the end of a challenging day, you sit down and you simply write thoughts that are coming up to your brain down. You write them down. You could write them down on a piece of paper. You can write them down on the computer, but just trying to empty your brain of all the thoughts that are swirling. And often that activity will help you to see the things that you are in resistance about, right? If you look at your paper after you've done this and your paper is full of, I can't believe this happened. This shouldn't be happening. What were they thinking? How dare they? right? You are probably resisting the reality of what happened. And it's an opportunity to really kind of look at the situation to accept what has happened. And again, that could be things that people said. It could be rules that have changed, policies that have changed. It could be, you know, that a tree fell down and destroyed part of the clinic. Excuse me. It could be any number of, of items, but what actually happened? What are your thoughts about it? And what are the feelings that are coming from the thoughts, right? Because when we are in that place of resistance and our statements are a lot about should and shouldn't, and I can't believe this, and, you know, how dare they, what are the feelings that result from those thoughts? Anger, frustration, irritability, overwhelm, anxiety, all the kinds of things that make life feel extra hard, right? Where can you find room for some acceptance so that you're not spending all this mental and emotional energy arguing with reality of what's happened and being able to move forward, being able to think clearly about how you want to respond to the thing that's happened? How do you want to think about the situation? How do you want to feel about the situation? What actions do you want to take? Do you want to understand more? Do you want to find a compromise? Do you want to leave? Do you want to negotiate? Do you want to set some boundaries, right? There are many opportunities for you to respond in a way that's not purely reactive right? Which is kind of the default of most human brains. So take the time to do this activity again, called a brain dump or a thought download where you are considering, you know, something that you find yourself in resistance to a really powerful activity. And imagine what it would be like to have your brain not feel so hijacked by these experiences, right? We all know as working adults that stuff happens. And a lot of the stuff that happens may be things that we have a lot of negative thoughts about. We don't want to change. We we don't think that policy is going to work well for us. We're worried about the outcomes that might happen from that. Um, You know, imagine if you, you didn't have automatic negative thoughts about it, or if you did, you were able to, you know, sort of be more in control and more functional with them, recognizing that the negative thoughts are happening and being able to explore it and say, gosh, there's a lot 
a resistance here. What do I want to think about this? How is this going to help me? How is being in resistance going to help me? How is being in acceptance going to help me? Right. And then deciding which pathway. Do you have to get out of resistance? No. But does it serve you? Most of the time, the answer is going to be no. Does it serve the individual politicians to be in denial about the, the results of their elections? I would say no from my external observations of what they're experiencing, right? They are definitely arguing with reality. And I doubt that it feels very good. So please let me know what you think. Please, um, you know, sit down and do the exercise and offload your mind and see where you have been in resistance and consider what it would be like to get into acceptance. And, you know, I'll just throw it out there. You've heard me say this before, but this is work that I do frequently with physicians. And it is such a change of state when someone can get used to being out of resistance and in acceptance and ultimately in a better emotional place and able to really act, you know, sort of from their higher self. If we think about, you know, the, the sort of higher functioning prefrontal cortex that's, you know, sitting at the, the top and the front of our mind, we want most of our actions to be from that smart place with our highly trained and developed brains and highly educated brains, rather than constantly acting from, you know, the sort of more primitive brain place where our, our lid is flipped, as they say, and we are reactive and, you know, constantly sort of scanning, scanning for threats and, you know, feeling like this should be happening or this shouldn't be happening, you know, irritability, anger, frustration, right? We don't want to live from that place. I would guess you're in agreement with me. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please reach out if you would like to talk. I have openings available for my free mini sessions and of course for, um, for doing some more coaching with me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and take care. Thank you for listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm. If you've learned something today or felt moved, please share this episode with a colleague and be sure to like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode yourself. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching practice, you can find more information at www.healthierforgood.com. Until next time, take care.